Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Whenever you are ready, we are live. All right. Welcome back, guys. My name is Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. And welcome to the movie in a pod. Today we are recording about one of my favorite movies, Ready Player One. Directed by Steven Spielberg. This movie came out March of 2018. Uh, has a all-star cast. I love the cast of this movie. Ty Sheridan plays Wade Watts. Also has a lexicon as Parcival. It also has Olivia Cook as Samantha. Artemis is her alias. Then we have the great Ben Mendelsohn as Nolan Sorrento. Uh, just a great character, great actor. Uh, Lena Waithe is Helen Harris. Alias is H. T.J. Miller, the funny, comical T.J. Miller, is Irock. Simon Pegg is Ogden Morrow. And we got Mark Relance as James Holiday. Uh, his alias is Anorak, the all-knowing. Got some other great characters, a lot of other great cast members, but this is our main. This is a really, really great movie, guys. I'm really excited about this one, so you're probably going to hear me geek out a little bit. My apologies ahead of time. Uh, Javi, what was the gross on this movie? Uh, total worldwide was $582.9 million. What other great movies were released in 2018? So we had a bunch of great movies released 2018. It was a very heavy year for superhero movies. So many superhero movies. So I could have listed nothing but superhero movies, but I didn't. Uh, so we had a Solo, a Star Wars movie, mm -hmm. Black Panther. Ah, let's go. Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom. Chris Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, Aquaman. Notice this one was in there, too. A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Man, actually... I, did you watch A Star is Born? I did not, no. Actually, it was a fantastic movie, might I add. I heard it was great. So yeah, definitely a good movie. Definitely and, put that one on the watch list, but I have not 
I don't feel like crying. Just I don't <laughs> want to sit in my living room just crying. I hear you. I hear you, man. So 2018 was a great year for movies. Steven Spielberg and Ready Player One is thrown right into the mix as well. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into this movie. Uh, let me go ahead and just set the scene. It's Columbus, Ohio. The year is 2045. And you can already tell off the bat, the world is a little different. Um, this world in the, in the future, all these trailers and houses are literally stacked on top of each other. And there's people just interacting with headsets and VR, um, you know, screens and everything. It's, it's a really interesting world. And then we meet our, our protagonist, our hero, Wade Watts, right? His, his parents have, have passed away from this, uh, war that, that has happened. And now he's living with his aunt He's living in the stacks, right? I think his, I think one of the lines he said is that his dad gave him a superhero name, right? Like Peter right. Parker, but now he's Wade Watts. <laughs> Notice a few things right off the bat, you know, futuristic things. They got Pizza Hut drone was one of the things you notice delivering some pizzas to the stacks because what delivery guy wants to climb all the way up there and drop off some pizza. Exactly. Amazon is doing big things, obviously, in 2045. <laughs> Uh, as he's climbing down the stacks, uh, you see, you know, everybody's got the headsets on. Everybody's in the game. We don't quite know what game it is yet, but we see everybody, you know, with these headsets on doing work. Uh, and he's climbing downstairs. He's sliding down ropes. And this thing is, you know, 10, 10 trailers high. Yeah. It's, what stack is. That's a task every day. Yeah. Every day. So basically that, that opening scene is just him. He talks about what's going on and where we're at, sets the scene for us, and sets the scene of 2045. Then we see him get to his van where it's his, uh, basically a gaming van, his, his hangout. And you know what, man? This, this is cool because we take him from where he sleeps, where his home is, to his man cave, basically, right? right. It's a old school van uh, just for him, and he has it all decked out his liking uh and this is where he he goes and this is where we're introduced to uh the oasis yeah in this van uh he has an omnidirectional treadmill he has some uh some wiring hooked up so he can you know keeps him on the treadmill from flying off of it when he's in the oasis got his goggles he's got his gloves he's just he's ready to game our introduction to the Oasis is him throwing on his goggles. He's in virtual reality. We come into this beautiful, humongous, alternate reality. It's actually really, really cool to kind of see this where nobody really hangs out anymore. Nobody really, you know, go to the bar. They do everything within the o Oasis. So when you're in the Oasis, there is no real world and there is no anything else. This is where you're at. So getting the Oasis, you can go race, you can create and be anything you want to be in here. And it's just like, it's a, it's a game. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a game. So you're hunting for artifacts, you're collecting coins, you're buying skins, you're buying vehicles, you're doing anything you want, and you can get anything from any game, any pop culture reference. I like the reference like where you can go uh, climb a mountain with Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it opens up the plot for the movie here. We learn about Holiday and Ogden creating 
the Oasis. Then it comes a point to where Holiday passes away and he's putting his money up uh, half a trillion dollars and ownership of Man. the Oasis to anybody who can find this Easter egg that he's laid. He spent his whole life and whole career creating the Oasis. And when he dies, if they win this basically challenge of finding these Easter eggs, these, these three keys, half a trillion dollars and control of the Oasis. So at this point, the, the Easter egg, or excuse me, actually not even Easter egg yet, the keys it's been five years since he's opened this challenge and nobody's found one yet. <laughs> That's a long time, man. So five years, this guy's money and this guy's creation has been on, has been on the edge of, of being taken, you know, being taken over, but it hasn't happened. You know, at this five year point, you have Gunters who are still hunting for these keys and this Easter eggs. And you have everybody else who's just kind of forgotten about it or not even worried about it anymore. They don't, they think it's impossible. And then they find the first clue that it was about this Easter egg and it's this race. It's not a foot race. It's not a regular NASCAR race. It is a virtual reality, any kind of vehicle that you want and can afford race. And guys, we're not going to spoil it for you. This is one of the better scenes in the movie. We get introduced to H for the first time here when uh, him and uh, Z meet on the racetrack. H is a builder. He's a mechanic. He fixes things. He, you know, he he builds commission stuff for other and players. Also, in the game also well. been badass in like the war zone type stuff. Remember that shot? Oh yeah, H was just blasting, oh, yeah, yeah. blasting people everywhere, man. That was <laughs> Steven Spielberg is bringing you into these characters. Um, and, and, you know, understanding oh, yeah. them and, and age is the quintessential all around badass dude. They're getting ready to race. And the only thing I really want to mention about the race is Parzival's DeLorean. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> of all the cars he, he could have chose or could have bought, he, he pulls out a DeLorean to re- make this race happen. Javi, what, what vehicle would you have picked? The DeLorean. You would have picked the DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, I, I thought I thought long and hard about this after the first time I watched this movie about what vehicle I would have picked. Um, mine would have been the Tumbler from the Dark Knight trilogy. I would have picked that bad boy. Respect. That respect. that is one of my favorite movie vehicles but, of all time. But the DeLorean can fly. The DeLorean can fly, yes. <laughs> That's all I'm and you got the wing doors too. Oh. I mean, the tumbler whole top of it comes off, but you know, it's the t- tumbler also turns into a uh, bike. So <laughs> true, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we also meet Artemis during this race. Parzival H and Artemis go back to H's workshop because Artemis needs a little work on her bike. Um, we get introduced to the Iron Giant here. Yes. Uh, one of the creations that that's going on in H's workshop, and we see a bunch of other stuff that he's working on. He's got ships from Star Wars. He's got a few other things. I think in the background, I noticed the uh, Winnebago from Spaceballs. Yep. Possibly. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what that is. <laughs> uh, a lot of it's a lot of cool stuff. He does a lot of work in there. So we're back at Wade's aunt's house after he checked out of the Oasis. 
it gets immediately hammered on by the aunt's boyfriend who apparently put up all the money they had that they were saving up to, to buy a house to get out of the stacks for upgrades. So people are putting it all on the line in this place and going for artifacts and things like that to try to sell them. I mean, you got to think about it for a second, right? It's only 2021 right now. And if you go on PUBG or Call of Duty or uh, any of these Apple games on your phone to get upgrades and do different things, that that's real money people are spending. So to yeah. take that concept and put it right into this movie, man, it's bringing it really, really home because there's been a lot of people who has lost a lot of money by playing these games. Wade's talking to himself here and he's, you know, just going through, just thinking about everything that's happened for the day. Once we close out this scene with him thinking about Artie and all that, he ends up at the Holiday Journals building, which is his building in the Oasis that houses all the Holiday's thoughts, all the events he attended. Everything's cataloged from his life, pictures, journals, videos, and made up into these holographic movies you can go in and watch. Think of the Library of Congress or think of your your school library or just an encyclopedia indexed. Um, but instead of just anything and everything, it's this man's life on video for you to see, watch, rewind, fast forward, slow down, um, and pick everything out there. Um, there's a lot of holiday fanatics and they basically live at this, uh, building this, this museum for him. He wasn't only the creator of this world. He was a god to these people. He was, well, I mean, he was a god in the oasis. He was the creator. He was the, the one who made this all possible. So, of course, they're going to worship him in a in a certain way. Yeah. So, Parsifal's in the journals building, and he wants to see this specific point in time, which is an office party for the uh, Gregorius Games office party that they had. And... He's just listening, going back and forth, listen, listen. And he finally's given up. He's like, I'm done looking for stuff. As he's walking away, he hears certain words that Halliday says in this in this party talking to Ogden about wanting to go backwards. This game that the Oasis has become so popular and so big that he doesn't want it to keep getting bigger and bigger because he's got to create more rules. He's got to create more boundaries. So he wants to start going backwards. Yeah, he wants to go backwards in time, and you you can tell Holiday is is a different cat. He he's a different guy. Uh, he just thinks different, acts different, walks different. Parcival Z sees this and decides maybe that's the key. Maybe that's the cue. We don't really know what going backwards means at this point in time. We just we just see see that, and then the next scene is back at the race. <laughs> <laughs> the race we weren't going to talk about too much. We're back at it. Uh, so we're back at the starting line, and he's thinking about these words, and what he thought was, if I go backwards, maybe that's the key. But he really doesn't know. He's he's taking a chance here. Leap of faith in the DeLorean. And it's actually cool because he, he doesn't know, so he's just going to try it, see what happens. Yeah, he's either going to something's going to happen or he's going to slam into the wall and zero out. Parcival is right there. Come right next to him is Artemis. And she notices, she she realizes 
something's different about Parzal right now. He he knows something. There's a cue, but he doesn't say anything. He keeps it to himself. So he takes off. He goes backwards. He does not slam into the wall. Uh, ramp opens up, and he goes pretty much under the race. Uh, so he makes it through. He comes out the other end, makes it through the finish line. We see the appearance of uh, Holiday's avatar, Anarok the All-Knowing. And he gives him the key. And Percival also wins a lot of bank here. This is actually really cool. Gets the key, gets gets a bank, and then his name actually, you know, this rate, this this search has been going on for five years, and there's this humongous leaderboard in the sky, and nobody's name is on there. As soon as he gets this key, boom, right there, Parcival's name, number one. So after he gets the key and gets his clue, we switch over to the IOI office, which is the Innovative Online Industries, and we see Sorrento. So at this point, these guys are trying to take over the Oasis. They're trying to find these keys because this man wants the Oasis. He wants to take control of it, and he wants to make money off of it. You know, he's he's a he's the CEO of this major corporation. You know, he has in, in investors into this, this company. He wants to make more money and have more control and have more power. Yeah. He is your typical antagonist who just craves more and more power and more c- control. Uh, this is played once again by the the great and talented Ben Mendelsohn, who really brings it on in this role. Yeah, we get to see their plan and uh, what they're doing to go forward to make money off the Oasis. And he's trying to sell 80% of a person's visual space because he can get away with that before inducing seizures. Yeah. <laughs> So straight, 80%, that's what he's trying to do. Straight asshole move, right? We're like, <laughs> you know what? I can do this legally, get away with it, yeah. make money, and then we're gone. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. So now we see some really cool stuff. We see Parsifal and H cruising through this marketplace because he's got bank now. He's got a sack full of cash that, that he's trying to burn up. As any young boy would do. They got money in the bank. Shawty, what you drank. He's going to go spend some cash. Yeah, we see a lot of stuff in here. We see Overwatch. We see Halo. You see the uh, the Rubik's Cubes. Yeah. We see uh, just all kinds of stuff that you can buy. Anything you want. Anything you think of is here. He picks up a few things that are pretty crucial to, to him through the movie. And he also buys a haptic boot suit. Yeah, this suit's cool. It's a full body suit. And it's haptic. So it you feel everything you feel in the oasis you feel in real life through this suit which definitely plays a part later on in the movie so very important buy for him so we start to see some more of the plot from from ioi here uh we see sorrento's in the oasis he's meeting i rock i rock <laughs> it's played by tj miller <laughs> i can't say enough of, of his comedy relief through the movie yeah the cool thing about uh i rock where you know, they set him up to be uh, antagonist next to Sorrento. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, he's just the comic relief. And yeah. T.J. Miller, like always, brings the funny. And in this movie, fabulous job. We see him holding a, a head of somebody he just killed to get this artifact known as the, if I'm pronouncing this right, <laughs> the Orb of Asavox. The Orb of Asavox. And they're going to use this towards their plan to 
take over the Oasis. And we find out, too, that, you know, Arok's deal with Sorrento is to try to get rid of Parsifal. Basically, Sorrento hires a gun yeah. in Iraq to get rid of the guy who's on the leaderboard right now. At this point, we start seeing the others running the race. You know, Artemis saw him, you know, go backwards, so she figured it out. So she won the next race, and then we have H, then we have Dido, and then Show are the next ones to win the win the key and move on. Hey guys, we'll be right back. We're gonna take a quick break. And we're back. So our, our next scene is back at the holiday journals museum type thing with Percival. And when he first walks in there, because he was the first one to the first key, he is basically a rock star right now. Everybody wants to take pictures with him and shake his hand and be in his face. And then we see a character from one of my favorite video games, Goro, just kind of take him to this back room. Just like takes his arm and just drags him to this back room. And it's actually Artemis in a disguise. Very cool scene. What's up? I was going to say we get to see a little bit of a solo Mortal Kombat and a little alien. You know what was dope in that scene as well? Uh, there was Beetlejuice was in that scene. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was the first one that, that recognized Parcival. Guys, this movie is uh, chock full of pop culture from all the decades, and it's just fun. And it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop at all. Every <laughs> second of this thing, it has something to do with something retro. She kind of like pulled him off of the actual Oasis world. Like she kind of went behind the scenes of it. And uh, they're standing there talking and she's telling them, you know, you're Parsifal. You, you're the first to the key. You've got to be disguised. You can't just be walking around. You're famous now. She pulls out her inventory and she pulls out Clark Kent glasses. The famous... Clark Kent Superman disguise. So he puts the glasses on and, and all it does is change his hair. That's it. That's it. Just like Clark Kent the Superman. He gets that little cue, that little curl and on the top of his forehead, and all of a sudden it's who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who the hell is this guy? <laughs> uh. They go to the curator, they're back in the holiday journals, and they're trying to research the second clue. What they discover from that one is taking the leap of faith. You know, what they discover while going through the archives was, you know, the leap of faith was holiday not taking that chance and basically kissing this girl on the one date he ever went on in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I think he says... She wanted to go dancing. We decided to go see a movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so they get the bright idea that they got to go to this nightclub where they, they, there's humongous gully is this, this, this leap of faith that they can do. One of the other things we got to back up to here is Parsifal also talked to the curator about Kira Underwood only being mentioned one time in his in all of Holiday's journals. And so they, they make a bet. Parsifal says, I bet you all my coin that it's only mentioned one time. And the curator takes the bet. He comes back and he says, you're right. It's only mentioned this one time. A bet's a bet. And he tosses them 25 cent. It's a great scene because Parsifal tries to give it right back to him. Be like, no, we're yeah. good. We're good. 
Like, you know, just it, it's whatever, but he insists on him keeping this 25 cent coin. So they set the date and we have a quick scene where he's uh, interacting with H about what he's going to wear. Uh, he's really, really panicking about impressing this girl that he met. Let's set the scene here, right? This is probably his first date in, in the real world or the o- Oasis. This is a, a date to him. Yeah. And that's exactly what he thinks. He wants to set a good impression so he starts going through all of these different looks where he goes through the Michael Jackson look, you know, from, from yeah. Thriller. Um, there's a couple that's, other. That's what he should have went with. That's saying. I mean, that's that's a fire look right there. Um, but, you know, ends up going with um, Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai. And don't get me wrong. This outfit with the pop collar, the tie, and the this is a fresh outfit. I'm pretty sure I've seen you in that outfit, Glad. I mean, I probably, hey, man, my early 20s was a wild time. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Got to look fire for the ladies, man. So he goes into Distracted Globe. He's immediately, you know, asked to take pictures. He's he's famous in the Oasis right now. If you also notice, one of the fangirls is actually IROC. I don't know if it's IROC or somebody who works for IROC, but... There is a some communication that Parcival is at the Distracted Globe. Um, when he pulls up, when he pulls up his inventory, it says IROC on the top of it. Ah, that's why. That's see, why I, I love that. those deep dives right there. That's what I'm talking about. So he meets up with Artie, and they're uh, talking, and then they go to the. I don't. I don't really know how to describe it. It's basically just a, a place you jump off the edge, and you're floating in there. There's not really a dance floor. You're just gliding through the air and swimming through the air as you're dancing. And this is really cool because they, this is where they start interacting and having a good time. And you can tell that Parcival um, is really digging this girl and she's, you know, it's, it's hard to tell sometimes, but it seems like she's digging him as well. They're, they're really having some good chemistry on the floor. Yeah. And they decide to have this amazing, uh, 70s disco dance off. Yeah, so Parsifal's flipping through some of his inventory, looking at different things, and he chooses, I guess it's something he bought or a disc or something. So he throws it, you know, from his inventory onto the ground. He steps on it, and we turn in to. <laughs> so we got the BG staying alive, playing. They're dancing. Now there's a dance floor that's been created, like a disco. And, and these two characters are, are having a fantastic time, just having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoying each other's company, uh, and you see these really cool 70s disco dance moves on the floor. Once again, this movie is chock full of pop culture. Uh, the Bee Gees, huge part of pop culture, you know, still popular to this day with their music. Yeah, I mean, you hear that song, it doesn't matter who you are, you've heard it one way or another. You're getting on the dance floor. Uh, so they're uh, dancing, they're talking and then Parsifal starts to confess his love to Artemis. On the first date bro, this is not good man, on the first date. So she's telling him, you know, you don't know me. This isn't the real me. This is what I want you to see. And then he tells her his real name, Wade. Irock is sitting in the VIP section, getting his drink on, listening to what's going on and he uses that. Like Artemis says, you can't say your real name in the Oasis. The whole point is to be somebody else besides your real person. And then, all of a sudden, IOI attacks. And they come through blazing with the guns 
Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Artemis is pulled out a gun. She's shooting. She goes crazy for a few minutes. And Parcival is like, who the hell is this chick? <laughs> One second, we're dancing to the Bee Gees, having a good time. Second, you have a cannon in your purse. So Parcival pulls out uh, something he just purchased with his money. He made the uh, Zemeckis cube. <laughs> so it's a Rubik's cube. He has to he has to finish it real fast. And he throws it and it pushes everybody back in time 60 seconds, except for him and, you know, whoever's around him that he chooses to stay in the same time as him. Which is Artemis at this time. Yeah. And they make their getaway once everything's been reset. So they're trying to get away and Artemis is furious at the fact that Wade said that he loved her and told her his name. And we hear her backstory about her father. And this is where the story is really all fun and games at this point in time. And we then we start seeing the, the real world consequences of this. Uh, you know, her dad has this horrible, sad story that has happened to him through IOI. We come to find out Artemis is actually at war with IOI and doesn't want them to get to keys the eggs at all. All right, then we move on and we see Irock and Sereno talking about Wade's identity. Irock pulls up that, you know, he did some cross-referencing with people named Wade and people who just received a boot suit. And he shows Sorrento Wade's full profile where he lives and everything. Basically shows him his, his government-issued ID. So Sereno contacts Wade and he offers him uh, a deal. You help us find the keys and the Easter egg. I pay you this much money. You get a salary. You get a bonus. You get this, that, or the other. Basically trying to buy him off so he can hand everything over to Sorrento to take over the Oasis. And ultimately, Wade Watts, also known as Parcival in the Oasis, chooses not to take this deal. Uh Parcel is actually a part of a poem uh, with this quest looking for the Holy Grail. That's why he takes that name of his avatar because he's on this quest within the Oasis. So teaming up with IOI and Sorrento is definitely out of the cards for him. As this is going down, Sorrento's already contracted. Well, he didn't contract. He's already had one of his uh, people quote unquote, go out and they took some drones, and all that, and they set up bombs to destroy the stacks where Wade lives. Yeah, man, this scene is crushing because he doesn't take the offer. Sorrento tells him that, you know, he's going to basically blow up the stacks and nobody's going to care about people in this area. Wade tries to run back and call and warn his, his aunt. Aunt does not pick up the phone. It's the douchebag boyfriend. He's not listening as Wade's warning him. And then kaboom. So this is our first real life consequence of what's going on in the Oasis. We got some deaths, you know, not just his aunt and her boyfriend, but other people that were in the stacks as well. I mean, this is 10 stack 10 high. This whole thing comes down, kind of knocks him out. You know, he runs, He the, nothing crushes him, but the explosion kind of knocks him out. And somebody that's works for, well, we don't know yet, but works for Artie, gets them and brings them back to their hideout. So he wakes up and he's zip tied to a chair. Uh, he looks, uh, he wakes up, he looks over and Samantha's sitting there and she says something to him and he says, 
you know, he recognizes her voice that it's Artemis. She introduces herself as Samantha Cook and they untie him and then they go take a little walk and talk about everything that's going on. And then they actually figure out the second challenge. They were thinking that it was this leap of faith at that nightclub, but ultimately it was the leap of faith by not dancing with Kira. Yeah, they had the right thoughts. They just went to the wrong place. <laughs> and they ended <laughs> and they ended up at the place, very scary place. What do they team up with H and the rest of the crew, Dido and Show? Dude, let me tell you how much I love this scene <laughs> of the movie. It was so hard to really concentrate and like dissect this scene without just, just getting yeah. sucked into it. Artemis, Parsifal, H, Dido, and Show, which are the first five to get the key. So now they're known as the high five. They're the top five people on the board. So they all go to the Overlook, which is like a theater, and they go inside and they enter The Shining. The Shining, 1980s film directed by Stanley Kubrick, written by the great... Stephen King, starring Jack Nicholson. So they go in to the theater and immediately they walk into the, I guess, kind of the lobby of the hotel. Dido's looking at these pages that are flipping away and he notices there's a countdown. They got a certain amount of time to get through this and get to the key. Right off the <laughs> bat, H is like, uh, she reaches over to show and says, I've never seen The Shining. Is it scary? <laughs> And show says, well, I had to watch it through my fingers. <laughs> and, and, and if you've never seen the, this classic movie, this movie's great. Um, the fact that they use the, the Overlook Hotel within The Shining in this movie, it's just like Javi said, it's a really fun scene that you guys will enjoy. So H has never seen this movie. And the first thing that happens is she gets distracted. And just to let you know, at some point, we do find out that H is, is a girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we come to the famous scene from The Shining where there's these two creepy girls. <laughs> and H is like, hey, do y'all know how to get out of here? You know, he doesn't, she doesn't know what's going on. And goes up, hits the elevator button, just as Parsifal and Artemis are coming around the corner. And it opens up and to the And just blood like scene. in The Shining all the blood comes gushing out of the elevator and they're basically swimming in this. And it looks so, yeah, this is a great scene. It's ridiculous how good this scene looks. Uh, so we go through the shining, you know, go through a few different things, uh, from the movie. And we end up with H kind of going on this little adventure through the shining, meet back up with Artie and Parsifal. And they piece together that, you know, has something has to do with Kira and they're trying to figure that out. So they end up in the ballroom area and Artemis, uh, Samantha, if you will, takes this leap right in the ballroom. There's all these dead ghouls and ghosts. Uh, dancing, and then you see like this beautiful Kira being kind of tossed around and danced with by all these different uh, ghouls and goblins and, and, and ghosts and everything. And Artemis takes this leap to go after her, and you, she starts uh, jumping from body to body, dead body to dead body, trying to get to Kira. 
and then ultimately gets the Kira and asks, you know, may I have this dance and ultimately gets this second key. All right. So already has the key and the next clue. At the same time, back at the IOI, we see that they've caught up and they're now trying to get through the Shining (laughs) Challenge. (laughs) We see just people dying and screaming. Everybody's screaming because they're getting killed through, you know, over and over and over. You know, just to kind of paint a picture for you guys, there is one. There is one side of it which is in the facility of IOI, and then you see these IOI agent types in uh, the Oasis. And they're both just screaming and getting decapitated and getting beat up. And there's ghouls everywhere. This is really fun where they're just throwing everything that they can to try to go ahead and get through this challenge here. And also going on, too, is uh, IOI is using drones at this point to uh, do some facial recognition on the guy that picked him up after the stacks exploded that took him back to Samantha's hideout. They find this guy and where he went, and IOI raids Sam's hideout. Everybody tries to scram and get out of there. Sam makes sure Parsifal or Wade can get out, and she gets caught by IOI. And they basically back her into a corner. They tell her, hey, we paid off all your debt. You owe us back all that money. So they basically set her up to be a person. Oh, yeah be a slave for uh, Parsifal's on the run. Well, Wade, this is the real world at the time. So Wade's on the run, and apparently Sam had texted the team where to meet. So he meets up with H in the real world. We found out that H is a a girl and goes by H because her dad called her H and it always just stuck. So she's got a big van, kind of like Wade had, but this one's mobile. This one's not junk where they can game. Uh, So they're heading back to the van, and there's a drone that recognizes her vehicle. And then it starts looking at them. And this is where we meet the real life Dido, which let me say he is very underused. Yeah, man, just 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 a great character, you know, used more later on in the third act. But definitely. And, you know, we saw him in the first act, but definitely underused. uh, Just a great character. Actually, him and show both of them. Yeah, just great. So Dido takes out the drone and we're introduced to him. They get on the in the van. And we meet Sho as well, who apparently is the most badass 11-year-old in the world. (laughs) So as they're going down the road, they find out that IOI has discovered the next challenge. And this jumps back to uh, the IOI Loyalty Center, basically a prison, right? Loyalty Center, prison, whatever you want to call it. And they basically have workers who are paying off their debt from, you know, getting loans for all their money and currency in the Oasis. So IOI loads the money knowing that they can't pay it back. So they actually just enslave them and put them to work, helping either build worlds or helping uh, search for the key. So here we start seeing the plan start taking shape uh, that Sorrento has been making to find the next key. So they know... They know where the next challenge is, and he wants to make sure he keeps anybody out of that area while they're trying to win the last key. So Irock gets the level 99 artifact orb of uh, Asavox set up. The orb in order of to make Asavox. This shield around them so that nobody can come in and out without them uh, making that happen. With Sam in the IOI Loyalty Center, H and Parsifal hack into this 
uh, network and start talking to her and they figure out how to get her out of her cell. The loyalty center is basically this big warehouse with individual boxes that people are in as they're in the oasis. It's like a big ass Amazon guys. They figure out how to hack into Sorrento's feed, how to get into his account. So they, they catch him as he's logging out of the oasis and actually put him into this hologram where he thinks he's out of the oasis, but he's not. This is a really cool, cool scene where, you know, you don't know what is reality and what is, is VR because the Oasis is this place where you can create anything and, and everything. So what they do with their hack is within the Oasis, they create this reality world for Sorrento. You know, not going to spoil the scene for you uh, that much. We want you to definitely see it, but He's held at gunpoint at this point in time. So we get through that. That scene comes to an end and he notices a little thing that triggers him to realize it's a hologram. It's not real. So she makes it to Sorrento's rig with uh, with the password that Wade knows for his account because he uh, <laughs> has a sticky note uh, right there next to him. <laughs> so she gets in. She looks through his inventory and finds the spell to stop the orb. And then this takes us to uh, Planet Doom with Parcival, who gives this real, you know, I, I always call speeches like this the um, presidential speech from Independence Day, right? I call every speech like this where it's this big, grand speech where, you know, you can't hold us down. We're this group of people. Yeah. This is ours for the taking. And basically, hoorah and let's do it. So he calls to everybody, like you said, gives the big speech and asks them to come fight with him. You know, they got to fight for the Oasis. If they let ILI take it over, then it's never going to be what it is ever again. And, you know, there's a pause and then we see all these people coming over the horizon. Man, what's what are the characters that we can that we saw here? I think I saw, you know, Master Chief from Halo, the Ninja Turtles. They had the whole squad there. The whole squad, man. (laughs) Right? Almost, if you could think of any and every 80s, 90s, early 2000s pop culture, it was definitely in this scene. The whole universe, the whole oasis came to Planet Doom to take on IOI to help get to the key. Yeah, we see H call on the uh, Iron Giant that she's been building. Badass, by uh, the way. See that? And like I said, just a bunch of different things are happening while they are uh, going through this war. At this point, the, the the magic shield's still up. So once Artie gets into the IOI, she gets out of the the prison and into like the open floor where they where they log in. She gets in one of their machines and she logs in as an IOI uh, agent and goes behind the magic shield. She sends out a little drone to go over to the to the orb and she says the spell to shut it down. So once the shield's down, this is where this scene just takes off. The war is, has broke loose between the players that want to keep the Oasis how it is and the IOI who are just the paid hitman, the paid army basically to come in and take out the players. Man, and, and this scene is, you know, it, it gets even better because 
we have our protagonist, the High Five, making their way to uh, the center of Planet Doom so they can go ahead and do this third challenge for the third key. You know, it's a beautiful scene where there's so much explosion and, you know, fighting and everything is just put together very well for the scene. And all the pop culture references just keep coming. And we see some other people throw some weapons at him as well. But this Chucky doll, as soon as it opens up, it just starts trying to kill everything. It's trying to kill Artemis. It's trying to kill Parsifal. And she said, just throw it, throw it, throw it. So he throws it and the thing just starts stabbing all the IOA. You know, it it, so it goes good. back to the, the um, it goes back to the warehouse where they are. And you just see them. The, their rigs going down and they have to get out of that rig and go to a next rig because this Chucky doll is taking them out. One of the one of the IOI guys goes, it's effing Chucky. <laughs> right? Such a great scene. So as we're fighting, Sorrento pulls something out of his inventory, pulls out Mecha Godzilla. So he throws out, you know, whatever they throw out for it to start creating itself. And he's inside of it. He's inside of the head controlling this Mecha Godzilla. He starts taking out bunches of players. He's stepping on them, hitting them with his tails. H comes in with the Iron Giant and starts fighting them as well. So all this time, they're wondering, you know, Dido, where are you at? Why aren't you yeah. fighting? You know, what's where going on? Where has Dido been? So he's been waiting for this moment. So he comes in on like a Quinjet. He jumps out the back of the Quinjet, Iron Man style. He uses one of his artifacts that turns him into a Gundam. And if you guys know anything about this, right, Gundam Wing is is a really cool, a uh, dope anime about a mecha machine samurai warrior. And that's this is what he turns into. And this is what he is fighting as. You know, we got the Iron Giant, we got Mecha Godzilla, we got the Gundam Wing, um, and it just this humongous brawl that is happening while our protagonists are still making their way to the center of Planet Doom. So the Gundam has a time limit on it uh, because it is an artifact weapon. So he's got to fight and do what he needs to do in a certain amount of time. So he's fighting and he runs out of time and he ends up, you know, as Dido and Mecha Godzilla crushes him in his hand. Yeah. So while Parsifal is heading in to, you know, go for this uh, next clue and this last key, Artie teams up with the Iron Giant and they start scrapping with Mechagodzilla. And Artie ends up throwing a grenade into Mechagodzilla and taking out Sorrento and the Mechagodzilla. And then they have, between them now, they're done with the Mechagodzilla. The last person, the enemy at the gate is Irock, who starts blasting them and, and shooting them with his, like a skull cannon or something of that nature that thing was interesting yeah it looked like some kind of sniper that was uh made for him that was specific for him yeah something out of like the, the game doom or something is what it looked like man <laughs> that was that was a fun that was a fun weapon that he had you know he's like the enemy at the gate so he's blasting them and everything and h who is as the iron giant basically pawn sacrifices to get them across this bridge. So they can get to the center of planet doom to go ahead and do this third challenge. And they go ahead and take out Iraq as well. Yeah. This is one of shows, uh, big scenes in the movie. Uh, he pulls out a weapon, throws it and takes out Iraq and all his coins start falling. Out. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's running away as his coins are just falling out of his body. So now so now it's literally some IOI agents with, with guns and there's 
Artie, show Parcival. Remember, Artie is in the IOI center and they're looking for her. So there's this really cool moment where Parcival's like, I care for you. And he actually, and the Oasis shoots her. So she basically dies out of the Oasis. So she's back in the iOS. She's back into re- reality and runs out of the facility before getting caught. So right after this, uh, Parsifal uses one of the uh, grenades he bought to blast out of this whole squad of IOI agents. They get to an IOI agent that's actually playing the game Adventure. He's playing this game to win the game. Parcival's just watching him and show's about to shoot him and he wins the game and he falls through the ice like everybody else has done who's been playing this challenge. And then the IOI agent loses the game and Parcival understands that it's less about winning the game and more about playing the game. So he goes to walk up to play the game and Sorrento shows up and they start brawling. Then we see also IROC has got a hold of show and Sorrento pulls out the catalyst bomb, which, as we learned earlier in the film, blows up everybody on the planet, including the owner. He sets it off and IROC says, I thought you were uh, just bluffing, man. So he takes <laughs> off running him and show try to get out of there. Sorrento and Z have a fight. They start uh, doing some uh, karate. Z goes for the you know, the, the ender of all enders. He, he kicks him between the legs. Kicks him between the legs. It goes back to Sorrento in his chair. Remember, Sorrento is in this haptic suit as well. And he just goes, oh, to, to his balls. So he lands near the bomb and he has to do the last step to set it off. He blows up everybody. Everybody that's on this planet zeroes out so then we come back to the van and everybody's looking around and parcival's still alive parcival bomb is still in the oasis well, you asked where he got that free life from the curator the bet earlier that he had with the curator and thought it was just a 25 cents oh you can keep that i was messing about the bet you're good curator actually hooks him up with an extra life at this point, Sam's gotten out of the IOI loyalty center, so we're back in the real world, and she meets up with H, uh, Show, and Dido. They're together. They're going down the road, and the drones find the van. So they're on the run, and we see Nolan talks to his uh, uh, his person, or his hired gun, uh, Finale, and find out where they are. So he leaves the facility. He's mad. And on his way out, he has somebody to step out of the vehicle and he takes their gun and hits the road. And this goes back to Z Parcival playing this game. And this is, this is a really cool scene where he's nerding out. He's playing adventure. Now myself, I have never played adventure. It came out in 1980, probably came out, came out on the Atari before I was even alive. Um, me myself, I've never played an Atari yeah. itself. I've heard great things, but he's playing this game and it's cool because he's in the o- Oasis still. He's the only one right now in the Oasis and he's in front of this TV screen and he has his Atari joystick and he's just playing this 1980s game called Adventure. He's in this alternate reality and he's playing a pixel game like he is. <laughs> You know, all this stuff he could be doing and all this stuff they can do in there. And he's he knows about it. He knows the history of it. That's one cool thing they've done with this movie. They've shown a lot of love for all of that. Yeah, a lot of love for all the pop culture and everything that has came before it. I love it. 
Okay, so Z Z gets the key, and he's uh, doesn't quite have the egg yet. He doesn't have the Easter egg yet. So he's trying to put all three keys into this final this final door. As in the real world, they are flying down the road in this car, getting or in this van, getting hit by IOI. IOI is smashing the side of this van with their cars. So you see him trying to put the key in, and he keeps swinging back and forth. Because IOI is bashing them back and forth with their vehicles, man. This is a really cool scene where they go back and forth between the Oasis and reality. And you see the the movements and things that happen in the real world and in reality affect what's going on in the Oasis. It's almost like he's trying to put a key in and there's like an earthquake that is happening that yeah. preventing him from actually putting the key into the keyhole. So he calls on everybody, you know, from the Oasis. He once again asks people in the real world, you know, I need your help. I need you to go to the stacks uh, because he knows what's going on. They're trying to take him out. He wants to have an on. He wants to have backup for when they get there. So now Parcival is interacting with Holiday. He's in this in this room where Holiday would game, basically his room where he grew up. And we have a cool parallel world situation where we're flashing to the real world where they're being chased and we're flashing to what Parcival's seeing in the Oasis. We go back and forth and back and forth uh, for a few minutes with that. Basically, Parcival's talking with Holiday. Holiday's explaining why he did all this, you know, what you know, what was the point of the Oasis and how he thought of it. And this whole time he's looking for this egg because he doesn't remember where he placed it. So he's looking through he's looking through his room for this misplaced egg, you know, the, the greatest gift he could give somebody in the Oasis and he doesn't know where it's at. You know, and as Holiday is explaining to himself and to Parcival Wade at this point in time why he created it. What's this? What's this all about? I like the scene where he shows him the turn off switch and he almost hits it. He almost like <laughs> see him smacks it and goes, "Probably don't want to do that on your first day on the job." Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that will that will destroy yeah. uh, the oasis. This this one big red button there. So Holiday. F- Finally finds the egg and hands it to Percival. And as Holiday is leaving, basically giving him the reins to the Oasis, Percival says, you're not an avatar. And then asks, is Holiday really dead? He says, yes. And Percival asks, then what are you? And Holiday's own weird way just says, goodbye and thanks for playing my game. Really love that scene where it's kind of ambiguous as to this person who he just interacted with, who looks just like Holiday. It's not the avatar in the game uh who is is this person back in the real world they end up at the stacks sorrento pulls up behind them and he gets out and all these people that waves called on are there to to slow him down but he pulls a gun out and scares them all off and then goes to the van and finally sees that parcival's one he's found the egg and he's now the owner of the oasis too late player too late so he gets arrested, and then we see Ogden come in and explain to Parcival that, you know, you got to get ready. We get some people that want to see you. The band of lawyers. So he closes the door, and they open the door again, and it's the lawyers. They want him to sign the paperwork for ownership and for the money, and he says, I'm not signing by myself. It's my whole clan signing it. He's going to split it with his clan, which is the high five. Uh, then we talk a little bit, and he's talking to Ogden, and he finally realizes that Ogden was actually the curator. Who was watching over him the whole time. Yes. 
and he gave him the the coin. You know, he said, you know, Holiday never told me what the plan was, so me just helping you out like that wasn't breaking any rules or nothing, because he didn't know what the challenges were. So the first things they do is shut out IOI. They ban the loyalty center, or they ban IOI and what they're doing, so they have to shut down their loyalty centers and all that. They kind of get a lesson out of this as well as they they close the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays so that people can actually spend some time in the real world with you know the ones they love. Real people. Real people there. And I, I love the way this movie ends where you know Wade was going after Samantha in the Oasis but ends up with her in this dope pad, this dope home with her and you know they're just on the couch uh kissing each other and, and that's the way the movie ends and they're trillionaires they got bank now they, they 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 got some money all right guys so that is our review of ready player one javi let's go ahead and wrap this up what do you uh what'd you think about this movie overall Overall, the the movie itself, I mean, the references, the the way they, the CGI, you know, everything they did, I thought was great. I really enjoyed the mashups with, you know, the the shining, the battle scenes, all of that stuff was really great to me. Uh, the story itself is nothing new as far as, you know, some guy thinking he's nothing, he's just some dude, and then he comes out of his shell to become a hero. That's not a new thing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's a story that's been done a bunch of times, but the surrounding parts of that story and the way they folded in all the games we loved, all the characters, movies, all that stuff was really was really what keeps my eye on the movie. Oh, yeah. So for that, I think I'm going to give this one a four buckets out of five. Four buckets out of five. I like that. I like that. Well... I'm going to agree with you there, man. I'm going to give it four buckets out of five as well. I am a big fan of pop culture references going back to Atari all the way to, you know, the Ninja Turtles to, to Halo, um, Gundam Wing, Chucky, you know, grew up watching those movies, right? So everything. We had Beetlejuice right off the bat. Beetlejuice, Goro, you know, there's so many great pop culture references. Uh, The DeLorean, Back to the Future, Um, you know, so many great pop culture references in this movie, you know, and that's what keeps me entertained. The story itself, like you said, Javi, great, great story. Loved it. Loved Wade's character arc as he got stronger through it and all, all the surrounding characters. Um, it's just it's just a fun movie, man. This is the ultimate popcorn flick where turn your brain off. It's not too much you got to think about. You're just in for a fun ride, man. And that's exactly what this movie was about. Yeah, scene to scene. I mean, it was action, 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 fun, fun, fun. Yeah, agreed, agreed. There, man. Well, awesome guys. Well, thank you for for joining us um, on another edition of Movie in a Pod. Once again, my name is Clyde Smith, and you can find me on Twitter as I am Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos, and you can find me on Twitter at Mister J eighty two hundred. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 